RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. It is fight week here as we are getting ready for Valor 74 this weekend from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe. I'm your host, Tim Lloyd, joined as always by my co-host, Justin Watson. Justin, it's fight week. That means it's picks panel. Yeah, man. Uh, it's going to be a long one, I say. It's gonna be, there's a bunch, bunch of fights on this card. A lot of things to get to, so our UFC talk will be cut short. We're also going to chat with Larkin Dash tonight uh, ahead of her fight this weekend on Valor 74 against Sarah Hayes. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, get the formalities out of the way. Make sure you uh, like the podcast on all your uh, social media platforms as well as uh, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be Spotify or iTunes or any of the like. Please help us spread the word, and uh, we'll keep this thing rolling. Justin, UFC 253 went down this past weekend. It's pay-per-view card. The first fight on Fight Island uh, in this uh, return to Fight Island, if you will. Um, Two title fights at the top of the card. Overall, fairly entertaining night of action, I thought. Uh, We'll dive into the main event first, of course. It was Israel Adesanya with a dominant dominant win, man. Just uh, destroyed... Uh, Paulo Costa in the second round, TKO, surgical precision, uh, really made uh, Costa look like he didn't belong there. Yeah, man, uh, Izzy showed out. You know, I'm like, Costa didn't really do much, but <clears throat> we've said that about Izzy's last few opponents, you know, like especially Romero. Romero didn't do much, and uh, Robert Whitaker obviously um, got knocked out quick. So, But it becomes a, a, a situation where you start to realize that it's not that they're not doing anything it's that they can't do anything i mean you know the second that that costa would have blitzed he was getting hit and i think he was just scared of moving in the whole time he never tried to close the distance he was kind of standing back playing games with him but at no point in the fight was he ever like winning or 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 competing you know what i'm saying so um i think izzy's izzy's the man Uh, i don't know you know it's gonna be hard to stop izzy i think yeah, man. Uh, and it kind of clears out the division again to where you're just like, there's not any fights really to me that are too sexy at this point. I assume you'll get the winner of Whitaker Cannonier, but I mean, is that really a big pay-per-view headliner? I don't know, man. That to me is kind of uh, like we just kind of, it's kind of a placeholder fight while we wait on someone else to emerge. Yeah. The only one I really like is, um, and I mean, you, you could get, so if Cannonier loses to Whitaker, I don't think you do the Whitaker Whitaker rematch. So at that point, I think you move to um, Jack Hermanson and Darren Till. And if Darren Till wins that fight, I think that's an intriguing matchup. Um, but other than, other than Darren Till, I don't really see anybody that it, that's necessarily going to put on much of a fight. I think Darren Darren Till has the tools and, and the background to make a really fun fight with Izzy. Um, I don't know that he has the, the skills to win that fight, but I think he, that, that he... he Probably probably brings us the most entertaining fight of, of anybody. Co-main event saw us crown a new light heavyweight t- uh, champion uh, at uh, 205 there. Jan Blahovich as the underdog, uh, comes through and gets the second round TKO over Dominic Reyes. 
Man, I'm I'm not that shocked. I I think I said it last week. To me, just watching a lot of the lead up hype, it seemed to me like Reyes was a little overconfident, maybe uh, believing his own hype a little bit. I like Blahovich in this fight, and uh, he came through as the underdog. Yeah, I, I took you on by second round knockout. So you know that was I was loving it. Um, it was you know. Reyes tried to do some things in there. I think he just couldn't really handle the power, and Yama's going to push forward. And um, I think Reyes may have been trying to conserve himself a little bit. You know, I, th- I think in his last fight, although the consensus say that he beat John Jones, you know, he didn't. He ultimately lost that fight, and he went through the toughest night of his life. He's never been in as tired in his life, and um, I think that he, in the back of his mind, that was that was at play a little bit um, and kept him kind of being a little more reserved. Uh, and, and, you know, Yon was there to fight. Yon was coming forward the whole time and throwing those kind of shots, you know, eventually you're going to get hit. And uh, Dominic Reyes' nose showed that. Also on the uh, the uh, pay-per-view uh, section, we got a, a nice upset in the uh, feature bout. It was Brandon Royval with the second-round submission over Kai Car Friends. So uh, with guillotine, man, uh, Royval, it's 2-0 now with wins over Tim Elliott and uh, Car France. That's two really good wins. Uh, I would imagine he will leapfrog uh, Kai Car France in the rankings and maybe be knocking on the door of a, uh, a big fight here coming up. Tough loss for Car France, who was knocking on the door of the top five, and this will be a setback. Yeah, I think it's crazy. I mean, you're definitely talking about one more win and Royval's in, in title picture, like it, the immediate title picture. Um, <clears throat> I think at this point, there's not really that many people in the division. So you have Cody and um, Figueredo getting ready to go. Uh, but then after that, you know, it's kind of wide open. If Roy Ball comes out and has another crazy performance, he could definitely take the winner of that. Um, this one was wild, man. You know, from the start, uh, Roy Ball got dropped and then um, tried to get up and fell again and threw like a spinning elbow and dropped Kyra France. Uh, it was just a, it was a crazy fight. Um, and then Roy Ball, you know, gets submission. Um, Royval's a fun fighter. I think he's a he's a crowd pleaser. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, he's, he he's yeah he's he's not trying to take the fight to a decision. I mean, he's he's in there trying to win the whole time, um, and you can't look away, man, or he's gonna snatch something up. Kellen Vieja gets a uh, much needed win over number thirteen Zajar Eubanks by unanimous decision. Um. I think I said this last week as well. You know, this was a fight that I think the UFC wanted Ketlin to win because that puts her, uh, you know, she's got a nice shiny record. It puts her up there in contention with some fresh uh, matches. Um, you know, she's a, she's a big bruising uh, 135. Yeah, I mean, she was coming off the first loss uh, of, her, of her career um, to the girl that's going to be in the main event this weekend. Uh, you know, and had, had looked unstoppable before that. And Sarge has been hit or miss kind of in her career. So it's kind of what I expected in this fight. But Sarge, you know, stuck around and, and I think she won the third round uh, after losing the first two and uh, gave us a better fight than I, I was expecting. I think I, I, I figured that uh, Vieira would get her out of there. And then opening up the pay-per-view. Uh, fight that a lot of people were kind of uh, mixed on. I was on the wrong side of this one. Hakeem Dawadu with a uh, split decision win over Zabara uh, Tukagov. Man, um, watching the fight, I thought Tukagov might have done enough to win, but uh, one judge had it 30-27. That was kind of rough. And then I looked back at the stats, and I don't really have a lot to base my argument on. Maybe I'm just a sore loser. Yeah, I, mean, I think that 
the first two rounds were pretty close. I think that you could have argued even a possibility for Zubaira winning the first two rounds. Um, but it was close. I mean, you know, and then I, I think the third round was definitely the decider. I think it was probably one-to-one going into into the third, and that was the, the deciding factor. And Zubaira just let off, you know, at the end of the fight. He just wasn't doing anything. He was kind of circling, backing off. And um, Dawadu was yelling at him, trying to get him to come forward. And if you're a referee and you're, like, telling guys not to cuss at each other in the case, like, you're, they're trying to kick each other in the fucking head. Oh, Don't, yeah. Don't get on to this guy because he's telling him to fucking fight, you know. Um, that was, that's always annoying to me when referees step in. But that referee was just like, "Did you hear that?" I don't, think, was, I don't think I did. Oh, really? The referee was like, "Watch your mouth, guys. Watch your mouth." Oh, and, then, and then he said, "Listen, no cussing in here, guys." And it was like, <laughs> but th- there's no crowd, so I mean, you can hear him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day, you know, it's not. It's not like so. I'm not that irritated me, but it was when Dawadu was was. Pushing forward, you know, screaming at um, to to go off. Uh, but I think it was it was a good win for uh, Hakeem. Um, it's one thing I think that I don't know. We'll see what what the UFC does about it. But I think that they should look at some type of punishment internally for for guys like this. You know, um, where Izzy talked about it in the in the uh, at his post fight presser, but. Um, Zubar missed weight by like four or five pounds, I think. And yeah. he had like 90 minutes and he just said, ah, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. It like, was pretty obvious. I think he was just like looking for an advantage there. Yeah. That's like, that's a massive advantage. And it's, I mean, it's cheating. It's, that's not any different than, than PEDs in my eyes. I mean, like, you know, why not tell Dawadu, okay, listen, I don't want to get all the way down to 45. So let's, let's make it 50. Then Dawadu doesn't, kill himself getting to 45 and that makes his performance even better on Saturday night, Sunday morning or whatever. But Zubaira took that advantage of not having to cut that weight, not having to break his body down uh, prior to the fight as far, you know, and then just cool with, with missing weight like that. I, I think that, I think something should be, they should, I think the UFC should address that as, as somehow. Undercard, uh, nothing really too much to speak of. Brad Riddell gets a win over Alex De Silva. Jake Matthews, unanimous decision uh, win over a, a shot, Diego Sanchez. Ludovic Klein with a pretty impressive first round knockout of Shane Young. William Knight with a decision over Alexa Kamer. I was on that underdog. Juan Espino uh, submits Jeff Hughes in the first round. And Danilo Marquez with the upset that pretty much sank my whole evening of, of, of uh, DFS. Uh, Danilo Marquez over Cadiz Abragamoff. That's what I get for uh, Siding with the Cotis and Brockamoff ever. Anything on the undercard? Uh, I think William Knight looked great. <laughs> you know, that was his first fight coming in off the contender series where he'd fought a couple times on the contender series and gotten a developmental deal and um, just recently fought again on the contender series to get the contract and he looked really good in there. Um, Klein was the same way. He missed weight. Um, didn't, I don't know, I don't know about him trying to make weight or not, but he did miss weight, you know, and he, he could have said ahead of time, he could have told Shane Young, you know, his last minute, I, I'm not going to be able to make it. Let's just meet at 50, 50 or whatever. I'm um, four over. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's crazy. You know, it, it's just nuts to me that at this level that you got guys missing that bad and then, and it just being okay. Like, I don't know. It, it's, that's a new age thing for sure. Um, but Diego, man, that's it's, it's, it was kind of sad to watch Diego. He, he just looked like dog shit. I can't believe that Jake Matthews didn't finish him. That that was the 
the story of that fight to me was how does Jake Matthews not get him out of there? Yeah, yeah. If anything, it's almost kind of a knock on him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely didn't help Jake Matthews at all by letting Diego ride a decision out. I mean, he looked fucking terrible. <laughs> Moving on, uh, that is that's it for UFC 253 overall. A pretty pretty solid uh, card. I, I was entertained uh, this weekend, not so much. Of course, most of our uh, focus is going to be on the Valor card that's going down the same night. The UFC Fight uh, Island number four, Home versus Aldana, is this Saturday as well. The prelims on ESPN at 7:30. The main card also on ESPN at 10:30. We're going to run through this one quick. The main card, uh, the, the main event of this one, uh, women's bantamweight. Action, Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana, number two versus number six. Uh, Jorgen DeCastro versus Carlos Felipe in a head-scratcher of a co-main event, let alone main card fight. It, this is shit. This is terrible. I mean, uh, these guys are not – these guys are not even upper-level heavyweight contenders. These are lower-level heavyweight guys on the co-main event ahead of <laughs> Jermaine Durandamy and Juliana Pena in the feature bout. It's a women's bantamweight contest that's on a, arguably a, a much bigger fight than even the top two fights. And then Daquan Townsend versus Dusko Todorovic in the middleweight division. Uh, a, a bit of a struggle on this main card. Undercard, there are a couple names. Carlos Condit, Court McGee is kind of interesting. Also, Casey Kinney on the undercard. Uh, your thoughts on this uh, UFC Fight Island 4? I think it's wild that they put uh, Jermaine Durandamy and, and Pena as the feature bout, not the co-main event. This is the first, kind of an interesting uh, tidbit about this, is the first women's fight um, in the Middle East history, I guess, definitely in Abu Dhabi, uh, to be a main event. So to have it back-to-back, you know, female and uh, female co-main event and main event would have been, I think, would have been something to talk about. Aldana is also the first Mexican female to ever fight in the UFC main event. So I think there's some ways they could have sold this card a little bit better, um, but they should have put some some better fights on it for sure. I'm interested to see Carlos Condit come back, but um, other than that, there's nothing until you get to those top two fights, to me, uh, in the women's fights. Um, interested to see what Pena has coming off of a, a layoff, off of a layoff, kind of. She's only fought once in the past several years, and Durandam is coming off of a decent title fight with Nunez um, and I'm pretty interested in, in what happens with Holm and Aldana Aldana had COVID two months ago and had a lot of problems with it I think so that could be a factor um, in the fight she's like six weeks that she's been fine now I think she said but um, if it gets in the fifth round and Holly's pushing the pace and kicking her in the head you know it could be something to watch for um, but otherwise I think it's, it's Aldana's fight to win um, and Holly's just kind of there to be a name for her to step over, but um, I'd like to see Holly get it done. Of course, that is UFC Fight Island 4 this Saturday night. We'll recap that next week, and with that, let's get into our interview segment of the day's show before the Bigs panel. Let's uh, get Larkin Dash on the phone. All right, on the line now joining us, we have Larkin Dash as she gets ready to make her Valor Fights debut this weekend at the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe. It's Valor 74. She is going to be taking on Sarah Hayes. Larkin, how are you this evening? 
I'm great, thank you. Driving down to Knoxville right now as we speak, actually. Yeah, quite quite the haul. You're coming all the way down from Michigan. Uh, of course, uh, we've had so many, uh, so much interest in, in fighters from up north here throughout this COVID situation because uh, things are just shut down, it seems like, up there between Ohio and Michigan. Your uh, states in the south are kind of back up and running, so we're uh, certainly excited to have the, the new crop of talent coming in. Uh, before we get too uh, in-depth with this being your first time down here, first time on the Valor Hour, if you would give our listeners a little bit of your background, just kind of your uh, your story up to up to now, how you got into MMA and whatnot. So I got into it right after high school. I almost played college sports, and then I ended up getting into MMA on the side instead. Um, so I've been doing it uh, ever since then. Um, I did it kind of amateur part-time during college, and then I really ramped it up um, in the last couple of years. Uh, and that's about when I went pro, but, um, I still live like kind of in the middle of nowhere in Michigan. I travel quite a ways to train. So during COVID it was just like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to work out outside in the country. So, <laughs> so of course, um, this will be your first fight at 115 pounds. Um, whereas Sarah is uh, typically at an atom weight that's uh, coming up to 115. Do you uh, expect size to play a factor in this fight? Uh, is it a situation where you feel like the weight cut with it being your first time going down? Is that going to play a factor? Uh, you know, uh, that to me, this is kind of one of those grappler versus striker fights. You know, Sarah is kind of more wrestlery, grindy. Uh, you like to go out there and bang. Yeah. So it's interesting because when I was an amateur, I was very much that way. Like I loved ground, didn't really like stand up. And then like I started really ramping up my stand up. So I feel pretty comfortable on the ground. Um, I'm going down to 115 because as an amateur, I fought there and I felt good on the ground. Like I felt like I could hold my own. But when you get up to 125, you get girls that are cutting from like 145, 150. Yeah. And that's just like you get big, big girls, you know, like I walk around at 125, 130. So it's like. That's a lot of weight difference, and I d you definitely can tell it on the ground. I mean, standing up, you don't see that much of a change with right. 20 pounds, but it definitely makes a difference when you get on the ground. So I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited to be at with someone that's, like, a little bit smaller than me because I've been fighting girls that are a lot bigger than me at 125. Sure. And, I, I mean, I'm just – I feel super, super ready. I mean, I worked out all through quarantine, so – I was blessed enough to be able to go outside. You know, I didn't live in the city where it was like a little bit more restrictive. So um, I feel ready. So what's it been like through uh, through this whole uh, COVID process? I, I know Michigan's kind of, you know, one of the one of the states that's a little more shut down. Have you been able to get live sparring? You know, have you been able to at least get in situations where you can be around, uh, you know, some other people to get some work? Or is it something where you've had to kind of, uh, you know, figure out your own uh, your own thing? Yeah, so for the first few months, it was definitely like you had to figure your own thing out. Um, mm -hmm. Fortunately, I grew up on a farm, so my parents have property, and that was a huge blessing because I could go out there and do whatever I wanted, put whatever I needed together to make sure I had the opportunity to work out. Um, so I focused a lot on getting stronger and uh, getting mentally stronger and things like that through the actual quarantine part of it. But then once... Uh, once we opened up a little bit, I was able to meet up with people in spar. So even though the gyms weren't technically open, there was still like, you could still meet up outside and you could, I mean, there were loopholes. So I was really able to get, get some quality sparring and starting around, I mean, it was in June. So it's been a while that I've been able to be active. 
So, you know, you're coming all the way down to Tennessee from Michigan. Not the first time we've had Michigan fighters down here. We've had quite a few come down from Scorpion and various uh, gyms like that. What's it like hitting the road? It doesn't look like uh, looking at your, your past fights. You're not saying you've never been on the road, but have you gone? Uh, have you have you had to travel this far yet for a fight? Yeah, so my last one was in New York City. So oh, okay. that, was a, that was a decent haul. Uh, I fought in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, so that was a little bit of a haul and then Columbus, Ohio, but, um, never in Tennessee, which it's kind of nice. My, my boyfriend's family is, uh, in Tennessee. So it worked oh, wow. out really nice. Yeah. yeah. A small world, right? Well, Tennessee, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're excited to have you down here. You know, uh, we, we, you know, it's uh, it's definitely a little more lax, I think, down here right now than it is uh, up north. So hopefully that'll be a good experience for you for sure. Let's talk about this matchup with Sarah Hayes in particular. She just made her pro debut. Um, I guess it's been about three weeks ago now. Um, yeah, right about three weeks. Um, she uh, won a decision over uh, Crystal Manwick. Did you get a, a chance to check her out in that fight, or you kind of let your coaches do all that? Um, so I, uh, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to my opponent. I normally don't even watch film. I let my coaches watch the film and like tell me specific things that I should work on through my camp, but I don't want to give my own opinion on, uh, what I should be working on, you know, because sometimes like you watch film and you're like, Oh, even though my coaches say this, I should be doing this. So I don't even watch film, you know, like I, I know that she's a ground. She like she likes ground. She likes to take people down. But I'm playing my game. I mean, she can adjust to me and what I'm going to do. And I feel confident that I have enough experience now that, um, I mean, she can, she can adjust to me. Awesome. So, uh, you know, we're super excited about it. Of course, uh, this will be, um, you know, the feature bout on this contest. It's a big card. I mean, I've got, I've put together too many fights, honestly. And I, I felt like when I make all these fights, I'm like, ah, surely we'll have one or two or three or four drop off. And then no one dropped off on this card. So here we are with, uh, you know, a 20 plus bow card. You know, you're going to be uh, fighting a little bit later in the card, obviously. Well, you got a teammate on the yeah. card, though. And so that always makes it nice being able to travel down with a teammate. Jordan Owens making his debut. Talk a little bit about him so he came out of nowhere after covid i mean he had but he had experience you could tell i mean he instantly you were like you are athletic you wrestled you know what you're doing and i mean he just he was in the gym 2 p.m he'd be there 9 p.m he'd be there like he was just always there watching waiting for the opportunity for someone to say hey i need a partner to do this or do that and like he just wanted to learn like he was one of those people that comes in the gym they're like, I'm going to get the most out of my money here. And yeah. so the coaches approached him and they're like, Hey, like, do you want to fight? And he was like, yeah, like I want to do whatever I can. And it's just, it's neat to see young talent that is so interested in wanting to learn because you see so many people that they they'll put the minimum out in, but that's all they're going to give. Sure. And it's very exciting to see someone improve this quickly just from showing up at the gym every single day. Super excited to see him in action as well. He'll be earlier on in the night. Um, man, I really appreciate you taking some time. I know this is, uh, you know, uh, your crunch time for you, probably on your way, cut, headed down this way. So we definitely appreciate you taking some time to talk to us. Uh, before I let you go, I want to let you get some shout outs where they are due. Any uh, friends, training partners, sponsor love you want to give, I'll let you have it. And then close us out by letting us know where we can follow you on social media. Okay, well, on social media, it's Instagram or Facebook, Larkin Dash. No punctuation, it's L-A-R-K-Y-N-D-A-S-C-H. And I'd just like to give a shout-out, first off, to my mom, who is uh, co-piloting with me down to Tennessee right now, and 
My boyfriend and his friends who are headed down this weekend and all my sponsors, El Cerritos Mexican Restaurant, Malibu Tan, and then, of course, my manager and my coaches. Um, and then everyone else has just made this possible. It's been a really awesome camp. Once again, this has been female pro MMA prospect Larkin Dash ahead of her feature bout this weekend at Bower 74 for the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe. It goes down this Saturday night, October the 3rd. If you can be there in person, get tickets at fighterticksforthenext.com. Make sure you select Larkin's name so she gets credit. And if you can't be there in person, catch the pay-per-view through the bfcmma.com website. Larkin, thanks so much for the time. Can't wait to see you this weekend. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks so much to our guest, Larkin Dash, for joining us tonight for uh, her interview ahead of her feature about this weekend. And now let's get to the main attraction for the episode. It's Pitch Panel and PV Time. And, of course, we've got a a hodgepodge of uh, miscreants uh, associated here this evening. We've got uh, Jeff Hobbs, the voice of valor, on the line, getting ready to take back to the cage this weekend along with Chad Finnerty, who's getting ready to make his pro debut on this card. We'll see if he can pick and fight at the same time we've got uh chloe padilla joining us as well her and jeff hobbs both will be sitting in on commentary this weekend with myself y'all are going to get to hear my shit on commentary this weekend and of course how could we forget mr greg hopkins also on commentary this weekend folks uh we've got a lot to cover and uh you know just a whole fuck ton of fights to go through here. So we're going to run through it. Justin, where is uh, where does the tally stand going into this week for the picks? And uh, what order shall we go in once we get started? All right. So I'll give you the, the point count right now. And, and this will be the order that they go in also from top to bottom. So Hobbs is at 42 in the lead. Greg is at 39. Uh, Chloe in the guest spot with 38. And Chad in the in last place. With Chad. Chad's got to pick it up, man. But if there is a place to pick it up, this is the card, man. There's so many fights and there's so many unknowns. So I, I feel like we could get some uh, some movement here in uh, in the standings. We'll go ahead and jump to it. Uh, we got a lot to go through here. Starting off with uh, Muay Thai action at 165 pounds, and these are three two minute rounds. And uh, we got two guys that are looking for their first win: Malik Lee, zero uh, one from Sore Summit Muay Thai in Columbia, South Carolina, taking on the zero two Ben Berlu from Triple Crown MMA and Juggernaut Boxing in Falmouth, Kentucky. Uh, hey, no, I, I can't tell you a whole lot on these guys. I know that all three of their losses combined were decisions. So neither of you guys, neither of you guys, ever have been finished. They're both from good, legit teams that focus on their kickboxing. Uh, of course, uh, Malik Lee from from a straight uh, Muay Thai gym in South Carolina. Ben Berlu uh, from the uh, Juggernaut Boxing Group in Falmouth, Kentucky, where we saw Jesse Romans and Daniel Kilburn and Justice Bumpus last time, and they they had a, a really nice showing. So good fight to start things off. All right, Hobbs, we'll get us started. Yeah, uh, I know you said keep it quick, and I don't know shit about either guy, so I'm going Malik Lee. Greg? I'm going to have to go with uh, with Ben, you know, Ben, ben Barlow against, against Jeff. All right, Chloe? Um, yeah, I looked up some information, couldn't find much either, so my pick is Malik. All right, and Chad? I'm going to go with Ben just because of the guys that he trains with up there uh, at Juggernaut with Jesse and them. All right. So Hobbs and Chloe with Lee, Greg and Chad with Berlue. 
All right. Split action. I like it. About two MMA action at a catch weight of 130 pounds. Jordan Owens makes his debut out of New Way Martial Arts in Detroit, Michigan, teammate of Larkin Dash who's making the trip down here to fight Sarah Hayes in the pro ranks. Uh, looks to be a tall, lean, athletic guy. Well, it sounds like he's got a little bit of wrestling in his background from our interview with Larkin earlier. Taking on the 2-5, and five, Deshaun Morton out of Team Notorious in Columbus, Ohio. Um, this guy, he's uh, he wants to bang. You know, he, he wants to get in there and strike. Uh, last time we saw him, he was submitted by Jackson Donovan, which is no uh, nothing to hang your head on. Jackson Donovan, an undefeated uh, prospect out of KMAA. So uh, you can't really hang him on that, uh, you know, on, on that loss. Uh, this should be an interesting one here as uh, Morton has seven fights to Owens. Uh, none. All right, Greg. <laughs> What was that? Seven fives to Owen oh, None. What was that you just said? Deshaun Morton is two and five, and Jordan Owens is making his debut. Two and five. You got seven and nine. I'll go with Jordan Owens. Because he's a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I didn't know. I just. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chloe. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Deshaun just from cage experience. I mean, it definitely it contributes. So I'm going to go with Deshaun. Chadwick? I'm going to go with Jordan um, because of the wrestling. I think if uh, DeSantis want to stand and bang, uh, Jordan gets a couple takedowns and get it done. All right, Hobbs? I'm not going with Jordan because he's a wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Hobbs. I do. I, I too, also feel that uh, win or lose, uh, Deshaun's got seven damn fights in there. He's a little more, uh, you know, he's not going to have the nerves, so I'm going with Deshaun. All right, so we're split uh, half and half the same way again. Hobbs and Chloe agree on Morton, Greg and Chad with Owens. Catch weight, 165 pounds, MMA. Three three-minute rounds. It is going, man, I ain't got much to give you on these guys. It is Isaiah Boyd making his debut. It is the brother of Shlomo Boyd, who we will see a little bit later and who we saw a couple months back uh, with a win over uh, uh, a guy from uh, Somerset with Ian Lawler's team. I recall him being, his brother anyway, being very composed for his debut. Isaiah Boyd, we'll see if he can follow suit out of Boyd Brothers MMA, the moniker of these guys, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. He'll be taking on the uh, the fellow de- uh, debutante in Donnie Tillman, an independent fighter out of Knoxville, Tennessee, who is uh, kind of ganged up with Caleb Holt and Trip Hallman, who we'll see uh, later on the car. But th- that that trio is their buddies, and they're kind of helping each other get ready with uh, Tommy Waller. So that's what we've got uh, for about number three. All right, Chloe, get us started on this one. Um, I'm definitely going to go with Isaiah because I'm rooting for the Boyd brothers. <laughs> All right, Chad. I'm going to go with Isaiah as well. He's got a legit gym and, you know, not just a bunch of buddies training together. Hobbs? Uh, I'm going Boyd as well. I like Shlomo and uh, hoping uh, runs in a family. Rick? I'll go with Donnie Tillman just because. All right, then. Greg says, fuck y'all, he's going with Donnie Tillman. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Let's go, Donnie. Take no shit. Everybody else take Boyd. Okay. 
Up next, flyweight action. It is uh, Nick Ferguson, 0-2, looking for his first win, uh, independently fighting out of Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Both of those losses to Rocket Ray Hewitt, who is our number one contender at 125, uh, will be fighting for the championship in November. So nothing to hang his head on on those two losses. Those are tough ones. And, you know, Ferguson's a guy that always brings it. You know, he, he's going to go out there and he's going to throw. He's going to swing. He's going to fight hard. Uh, but typically he struggles on the mat with the submission. He'll be taking on Kyle Lindner, Lindner, who is 2-0 out of Team Flow State, New Milford, Connecticut. Uh, reached out to us on Instagram, actually, about a month ago. Everything shut down in Connecticut. He's looking to, be, to stay in action. Uh, actually came down here uh, about a week ago and has been working with Shield Systems uh, for, uh, for the week in the lead-up to this fight. And he's going to stay here because if he is able to knock off Nick Ferguson, he will move on to face Ryan. Rocket Ray Hewitt at November the 6th for the flyweight title. But Nick Ferguson is going to try to play spoiler here. And if he uh, pulls the upset over Linder, he'll upset the apple cart. So uh, uh, that's what I got for you. All right, Chad. Uh, I'm going to go with Kyle Lindler with a 2-0 undefeated record. I think he gets it done and gets himself a title shot. Hobbs? I'm going Lindler, too, just based on his um – uh, tenacity here and, and stepping on out there and, and come, you know, that's, that says a lot, for, you know, a fresh guy to come down and stay a week before the fight, uh, in anticipation and, and, you know, but, uh, it was dedication. So I'm going Lindler. Greg. Yeah. Lindler. And Chloe. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree with Kyle. I mean, he got that decision about a year ago and we're hoping for it again. All right. Clean sweep. Our first clean sweep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we shift gears back to Muay Thai action here. I've sprinkled it a bit throughout the card instead of uh, front loading it because uh, Triple Crown has motherfuckers in every single one of them. So I wanted to give them a little time in between. It is a catch weight, 140 pounds. Uh, back to the three two minute rounds. Charlie Miller, two and three out of the Spartan Academy in Columbia, South Carolina, takes on Paul Schneider, one and zero out of the Triple Crown Juggernaut Boxing Group in Falmouth, Kentucky. We spoke about them earlier with Ben Berlue. Charlie Miller is a guy that, uh, you know, very experienced, very technical guy. Both of these are, are good, well-versed uh, striking gyms. And, um, you know, Charlie's fought on that South Carolina scene over there. This is the first time we have seen him in action. But, uh, you know, his coach raves uh, raves about him. And so uh, I think we've got another good close fight. All right, back to you, Hub. I'm going to go with uh, Triple Crown Juggernaut here, Paul Schneider. All right, Greg. Mm, I'll go with Paul Schneider, too. Slowly. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I would also go with Paul. And Chad? Break out the broom. Let's go with Schneider. Two in a row. All right. Up next, back to MMA. Welterweights, 170 pounds. Two more debuts. Uh, we have got the third Boyd brother in action. Elka Hyam Boyd makes his debut out of Boyd Brothers MMA in Atlanta, Georgia. Brother of Isaiah, brother of Shlomo. And, uh, you know, I don't really have much more information on that. These guys all look like they're athletic dudes. I don't know that they have a uh, martial arts background so much, but you can tell, you know, they've played sports and, uh, you know, they're, they're athletic 
guys. Uh, he's taking on Brad Williams, who is also making his debut out of a vertical MMA in Watertown, Tennessee. This one was brought to me by old C4 Charlie Alexander, a guy that he's been working with in the lead up to this. I think he's been training with several different gyms, but uh, vertical MMA is his home gym. Charlie uh, helped him get this fight and has helped him been work, uh, helped him to get ready for it. Uh, looks like he's a he's a, a, a tall, uh, built looking guy. Both these guys look like they're athletic football player types, and so uh, I'm expecting a collision here. I think we'll get a finish either way. I don't know which way. All right, Greg. Greg. <laughs> uh, I'll go with Brad Williams here. Chloe. Um, I'm going to go with Elkayam because I said I was going with the Boyd brothers all night, so that's what we're doing. All right. Chad? I'm going to have to agree with Chloe. Let's go with the other Boyd brother. Hobbs? Yeah, I'd be an asshole if I didn't pick the third Boyd brother, too. So, Elkayam. <laughs> all right, so Greg stands alone again. All right, and rounding out the preliminary section of the card, lightweights, 155 pounds. Holden Bedwell makes his debut out of Boris BJJ in Lexington, Tennessee. This is the first time we have hosted this group. They're from out west uh, Tennessee, and you're about five hours away. Uh, looks like Holden is a white belt from what I can gather. Uh, I'm just not really familiar with this group out here, so you know we're going to kind of clock him as, as, we, as, as we all experience it for the first time. He's got a teammate on this card as well. So he'll be taking on an Trip Hallman, who is 0-1 from the group that we talked about earlier with Donnie Tillman and Caleb Holt. He uh, lost his debut. Uh, I want to say it was on the July card. Um, Man, I'm I'm having a hard time remembering that one right offhand, but I'm pretty sure he fought fought on the July card, and he got submitted, I believe. Uh, He's a a tall, lean guy, 155 from what I recall, though, and he's, he's in shape. All right, Chloe, we'll start with you. Um, I got to go to for Holden um, just for Chris Bond. That was that last fight with. Um, oh, yeah, it was. It was Chris Bond that beat yep. Trip Hallman by submission. Yep. So I got to I got to go with Holden. All right. Chad. Yeah, I'm going to go with Holden as well. Hobbs. Trip Hallman. <laughs> All right. Greg. I'll go with Bedwell. All right, so Hobbs goes with Hallman, everybody else with Bedwell. Moving on to the main card. Now, this one's an interesting one. Catch weight, 195 pounds. It's MMA. It is the... It is the sanctioned debut of Michael Sullivan, who is out of Team Mayhem in Tazewell, Virginia. Uh, according to his handler, uh, he was actually looking to, to be a pro, but he didn't have any fights, like, officially on the record. He'd done several fights, they said, with Ruckus in the Cage several years ago, which, if anyone uh, is a historian in uh, Southeastern MMA, Ruckus in the Cage is less than uh, less than organized with their record-keeping. Let's just say that. Uh, that was uh, There were many Ruckus in the Cage shows and many fights on those shows that just never showed up in the record books. And so uh, a very low, I will say, a very low tier level of competition basically came out of there but uh, so technically he's making his debut but he has had unsanctioned fights Michael Sullivan has he's taking on Colin Robinson who is from Team Link in Worcester Mass he is making his debut this guy is a blue chip athlete this guy was a college football player up there in Massachusetts I believe uh, some injuries may have derailed his his career in that regard so he's uh, making the shift over to MMA very large following up there in Worcester 
Mr. Mass will be watching this on pay-per-view. Um, I'll let you take it, Justin. All right, Chad, we'll start with you. I'm going to go with college athlete. Let's go with Colin. Hobbs? Um, <clears throat> if we had to guess how many fights Michael Sullivan had, how many would it be? They claimed they, they claimed him. They claimed him to be pretty gaudy, like like six and one or something. But I mean, none of this is verifiable. Hmm. And Colin Robinson was okay with that. Yeah. Well, this is also like five years ago. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm going with the foosball player, man. Greg, yeah, he looks like he's put together. That's for sure. Greg? So, what, is everybody on Colin right now? That's uh, every, everybody, the, the whole two that have gone. Yeah, we on that shit. Okay, I'm going to go with... I'm, I'm going to get on that shit, too. I want to be with Colin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chloe? I agree. I'm also going to go with Colin. All right, another sweep there. Next one should be fun. Catch weight, 190 pounds. We've got the debuting independent from Mountain City, Tennessee, Chris Kinnett, who uh, I believe he is a, like a prison guard or some such up there. Um, this will be his first fight. Looks like he's a short, stocky fellow. Uh, looks like he's thick, though. And he's taking on Caleb Holman, 0-1, uh, who is uh, – he made his debut also back in July in a losing effort. Uh, I want to say he got head and arm triangled. Uh, pretty good standing, uh, heavy-handed. Uh, went for a standing guillotine and just was, was like, overcommitted to it, eventually burned his arms out and, and got submitted himself. Uh, but he does have that that one fight of experience in there, and I know uh, he's been training with the aforementioned Donnie Tillman uh, and Trip Hallman in preparation for this, and Tommy Waller as well. Uh, Kinnett, uh really just kind of a mystery. He got a he got a uh, an endorsement I noticed on Facebook from Billy Combs, who is also from Mountain City, and he says that he's a badass. <laughs> Ruh row. All right, Hubs. Well, that endorsement has changed my mind. <laughs> Listen, before we start, let me be the only uncouth and classy one here to tell Miss Chloe Padilla congratulations on her oh. engagement. Oh, how rude Thank of us all. You. Yes, congrats, Chloe. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I want to go with the Mountain City guy, uh, regardless of his... Combs endorsement. Uh, <laughs> All right. Sounds like a smart choice. Greg? Uh, all I heard was Mountain City and Badass. Whoever that is, that's what I want. Is that Chris Kinnett? That's what I want. That's all you need to hear, my man. That's all you need to hear. That's right. Chloe? Um, I'm going to go with Caleb just for the one fight of cage experience. Chad? I'm going to go with Chris Kinnett as well. All right. Chloe stands alone with Holt. Everybody else for Kinnett. All righty. Uh, back uh, to Muay Thai action now. We've got lightweights, 155 pounds. KJ Franklin, 0-1 out of the aforementioned Spartan Academy in Columbia, South Carolina. His teammate, Charlie Miller, uh, will be fighting a few fights prior. And uh, he's a very athletic guy. Uh, pretty pretty deceiving at 0-1 from what I can see. He's very talented. Uh, taking on Daniel Kilburn, who we saw make his debut at the last show at the Joe. That would have been at the beginning of September. He stepped up on like two days' notice. 
Minnesota's and took a uh, tie kickboxing match against Joshua Fisher and ended up getting a decision win. Very tough dude, from what I remember. Really good chin, came forward, threw pretty uh, pretty good volume. Uh, now he's got a full training camp for this one, so we'll see uh, if we see some even more improvements there from Mr. Kilburn. Uh, he's out of, uh, by the way, he's from uh, the, the Juggernaut Boxing Group there, Triple Crown, in uh, Falmouth, Kentucky, the third of four offerings. All right, Greg, we're on you. I'm sorry. I was sitting here looking at how many, how many, uh, how we've spaced out all of our Muay Thai fights this time. I mean, we're not doing them all first this time. Yeah, I just said that uh, earlier. But so because it's the same team I, in, it's the same team I, in all of them. So I was giving. I know. I know. I was just sitting there looking at that. I was just sitting there trying to count up between. You, but this one's Daniel Kilburn and Franklin. Yeah. Uh, which means Greg's going back and looking at how many he picked, thinking they were Muay Thai on the other. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what. That's I swear to God, that's what I was just doing. I was looking at. He's and, going uh, off. Anyways, uh, let's. Yeah, I am, uh, but it's okay. It's okay. We're still going to come back. I guess I'm going to go with. Uh, we'll go with Franklin here, KJ Franklin. All right, Chloe. Um, I'm going to go with Kilburn. All right, Chad. Kilburn impressed me a lot in his last fight. I'm going to go with him. All right, Hobbs. I like unassuming. I'm going with KJ. All right. So we got uh, Greg and Hobbs for Franklin and Chad and Chloe for Kilburn. All right. Back to uh, MMA action. This is a lightweight bout. We've got two debuts going at it. So, again, not uh, Chloe may be able to give us a little more insight on one of these guys, though. We've got the debut of Spencer Brandon representing Legion Jiu-Jitsu. Check Matt in Nashville, Tennessee, training partner of old crazy Kyle Lee, who we saw fight Bubba Cruz back in Nashville uh, last year. Uh, he is also got a teammate on the card. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit later. Spencer Brandon, I, I do know him to be more a striker, uh, more a kickboxer, uh, even though he is at a jiu-jitsu gym, uh, making his debut here against a fellow debutante in Elliot Heck out of KMAA. Uh, Elliot, from what I can gather, is tall, lean. Uh, you know, I think he's been training for, for a little bit uh, leading up to this debut. Uh, Chloe, you got any insight here into Mr. Heck? This will be the first time we've seen him. I do. Um, I've known Elliot for about two years now. He actually came to KMA and to fighting because he did my social media for my first fight in February back about a year ago. Yeah. Um, he had, does have a background um, at Epolitos. That's kind of where he was when I met him. Um, and then he came over to KMA because he was like, hey, that seems cooler than what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> so now he's over there. He's been training at KMA for about a year and a half, I believe. And he's been gunning for a fight ever since he started. He has Joey and Eric all the time. Can I fight now? Can fight now, and so they, they were, he's finally there. So and I'm now. super excited to see his debut. All right, Chad. I've actually got to spar with Elliot a few times, and uh, you know he's pretty accurate on his striking. Um, I'm pretty excited to see this debut. I'm going to go with Elliot Hobbs. Um, well, I want to jump on Elliot with everybody else. Um, because I know that's where they're going, but I could make up some ground, and I don't think it's too big a shot in the dark because uh, you say Spencer's more of a striker, but yes, uh, if he's at uh, Legion and, and Checkmath, then uh, Corey Robeson, I'm sure, is working with his jiu-jitsu. So I'm going to step out there and take Spencer on this one, possibly for an upset. Greg? I'll go with Elliot Heck. All right, Hobbs takes uh, Brandon. Everybody else takes Heck. 
All right. Up next, featherweights, 145 pounds. It's MMA. Bradley Brakefield, guy we've gotten very familiar with over the last year or so. He's three and four at this point, representing No Mercy MMA, the Goon Squad, Union, South Carolina. Uh, coming in here off of a couple losses, I think, at this point, but to tough competition. Guys like Alex Pergande, guys like Nick Wigley, you know, Jackson Donovan. These are these are tough guys, um, tough outs. Uh, but Brakefield, if anything, has shown a lot of resilience and durability with wins over uh, Anthony Cox. And Jalen Harper uh, under his belt as well. So, you know, he's definitely never an easy out. He'll be taking on another guy that we've seen a couple times in a row now, Dustin Garrett, one and one out of DC Combat in Murphy, North Carolina. Uh, came out and won his uh, debut fight against uh, Daniel Gary, who is actually a teammate of Bradley Brakefield. So, we got a little revenge narrative going here. And then he lost last time out to uh, the new and improved Anthony Cochran, who submitted him in the first round. But there was a lot of scrambles in that fight. Uh, Dustin Garrett is a very aggressive grappler and he's got a very good motor he doesn't well I think he does it's hard to say because like he doesn't stop uh he doesn't stop coming he's it, you know he lives, lives by the sword or dies by the sword he goes all 100% from the rip Brakefield's a guy that, that's known for kind of dragging guys into deeper water so uh interesting interesting contest here all right Chad you get us started I think this may be the most action-packed fight on the card um I'm gonna go with Garrett on this one all right, Hobbs. Yeah, I just feel like uh, I don't know. I'm going Garrett too. I don't think Brakefield's. He's on the downslide here right now. Greg. And this is a hard one to pick right here. Bradley's got one of the biggest hearts in the cage, man. That dude don't quit, no matter who he's fighting. Dustin Garrett, I think he's one of those up and comers right now. He's Joe Green. Uh, he's only 19. This I is think. a this is uh yeah, this is probably my pick for five of the nine if anybody's not picked that yet. But um I mean but Brad we haven't seen uh uh Dustin really get rocked yet. You know, we, we, he's he's a hell of a grappler, but we ain't seen him get really staggered and I think Bradley's gonna be able to probably catch him. But uh yeah, that's a toss up. There's a good matchup right there, uh uh and oh god. I'm gonna have to go with Garrett here too. All right, Chloe. Um, I agree. I'm going to go with Garrett as well. All right. We've got a clean sweep for Garrett on that one. All right. Moving on. It is a welterweight contest. 170 pounds. I've got a little correction to make here uh, that Chloe pointed out to me earlier. Nice uh, attention to detail. It is the debut of Austin Nations, who is a debut uh, independent out of Copper Hill, Tennessee. Uh, says he's been, uh, you know, kind of working out uh, in, in his home gym and, you know, trying to be in shape, but no, no real experience to speak of. So you just don't really know what you're going to get out of these boys from Copper Hill uh, in their debuts. And he'll be taking on Bronson Bazorgi, who I've got listed on your sheet as one to know he's actually 2-0 because his fight against Christian Lee completely escaped my uh, uh, THC addled uh, memory and uh, it is uh, but it was actually a really good fight how could I forget because that was a really good fight against Christian Lee um, anyway um, it was um, uh, he's representing KMAA in Knoxville, of course. And from what I remember about Bronson, he's an all-action guy. He comes out and lets it fly. He likes to bang. Um, you know, very aggressive. And, uh, you know, we'll see if he can make it 3-0 here against Nations. All right, Hobbs. This is Zorgie. Greg. I'll go with Zorgie. Chloe. I'm also going to go with Bronson. And Chad. Sweep it. Yeah, I figured that Get one would go fast. Out. All right. 
Up next, it's our final movie tie fight uh, of the night, and this one's my favorite one. It's 165 pounds, uh, and it's the debut for both of these guys. They are both uh, well-trained and well-experienced MMA fighters, though, that will be doing tie for the first time. First up, Amish Assassin Alan Miller out of Somerset Martial Arts of Somerset, Kentucky, trained by Ian Lawler there, and we've seen him um, in many MMA fights here on Valor, coming off of a submission win over Sam McAlpin just a couple months back. Actually, more like one month back. Uh, he's getting ready to uh, make the trip to Thailand to, uh, to to train for eight weeks after this. And so it'll be really interesting to see how he looks in this fight versus how he looks when he comes back from Thailand. Uh, very uh, cool story there with the Amish assassin. And I'm a fan uh, of both of these guys, though, because he is taking on uh, Justice Bad News Bumpus out of uh, the Triple Crown Juggernaut Boxing in Falmouth, Kentucky. He will be the fourth of uh, their uh, fighters going to war here this evening coming off of a decision loss a hard fall loss on the last valor show at the joe against tim caraway uh, both these guys are very evenly sized uh, very skilled i'm excited I'm, I'm really excited for this one uh i said two mma guys that we've seen quite a bit of going to war with uh in a tie tie fight all right greg we'll start with you uh i guess i'll go with bumpus here all right, Chloe. I have to go with Alan Miller because I he, I'm a fan of him as well. I love watching him fight. Chad, definitely a fan of Alan Miller, and I'm going to go with him until he proves me wrong. Hobbs, um, I'm going with Miller. All right, Greg takes Bumpus. Everybody else with Miller. All right. Moving on now, it is a, uh, man, we've got a lot of catchweights. Catchweight fight, 215 pounds, and this is going to be two more debuts. We've got Antonio Holt making his debut out of the Boyd Brothers camp, so uh, he is not a Boyd brother per se, but he's with the Boyd brothers. And uh, he is also out of Atlanta, Georgia, a high school wrestler. Um, uh, looks to, uh, you know, uh, be uh, probably have the most uh, background credentials of, of the, the four offerings from, from this gym. He'll be taking on uh, Torres Finney, who is out of a Gogi combatants in Chattanooga, Tennessee, trained with Greg Hopkins down there. And uh, he's making his debut. Both these guys are wrestlers. Um, you know, Finney's uh, is very, uh, very thick, man. This guy's uh, uh, what he lacks in height, he certainly makes up with in uh, in, in wit and not bad and not in a bad way. He is uh, he's put together, man. He, he's 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 jacked. So uh, I'm excited for this uh, two big boys, two fifteens throwing down in their debut. All right, Chloe. I'm gonna go with Antonio just to like stick with the Boyd Brothers theme. Chad. I believe I'm going to go with Torres um, out of a gogi. Hobbs? Um, Antonio is not a Boyd, so I don't feel bad jumping off of that because he's <laughs> technically not a brother. So I'm going Torres Finney. And Greg? Well, this is the whole reason why I've been going against the Boyd brothers all night because I think they're cousins or something. I don't know. There's like four of them, so... Um, and yeah, uh, I've been training with Tor- uh, Torres, with, and 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 bro, Finney is uh, like what Tim said. He's short and he's he's, he's stocky as hell. He's a uh, he's like a little eighteen year old miniature Danny Cormier. He play he also plays uh, football for Chattanooga, Tennessee. He's uh, he's he's playing now. He's just uh, 
getting this one fight in here. So, uh, but yeah, I think this is going to be a really good fight, by the way, because both of these guys know how to wrestle. So, uh, if it goes to the ground, it, it, is, it could be, uh, it could be really fun to watch, but I'm going to go with Finney here. All right, Chloe with Holt. Everybody else with Finney. Okay. Up next, Bantamweights. We have got 135 pounds here as we're getting up towards the end of the amateur card. It's Zach Lozano uh, looking for his first win. He's 0-2 out of the aforementioned Legion Jiu-Jitsu checkmat. National Tennessee teammate of Spencer Brandon coming out here to take on the debuting Jackson Todd out of KMAA. I believe Jackson is a blue belt, maybe. Um, he's another guy that's been training for a good bit. So we've got two showdowns between Legion Jiu-Jitsu and Checkmat versus KMAA on this night. All right. So this time we'll start with Chad. We're going with Jackson Todd. Um, I've rolled with him some. He's he's very good on the ground. So if it goes to the ground, I, I definitely going to take Jackson. Hobbs, I do. But let me say, I think they are both blue belts. Okay, Hobbs. Uh, I went with Legion last time, so I'm going to split the love here, and I'm going to go with Jackson on this one. Greg, we go with Jackson Todd. All right, so Chloe? Um, I also am going to go with Jackson because I do his strength and conditioning, and Jackson is just such a hard worker, and he's been working to get to this point, like this debut for so long, and I'm super excited for this. All right, clean sweep for Todd. All right. Co-main event on the amateur card, middleweight, 185 pounds. It is the debut of Austin Woods. Also out of Boris BJJ, we talked about his teammate Holden Bedwell a little bit earlier. Another guy way out of Lexington, Tennessee. Uh, so they're making a pretty good trip out here uh, coming east. Um, I believe he's a white belt. I, from what I saw, he is 1-0 in kickboxing. He had a kickboxing fight on that black tie and boxing show they do out there and won a decision. Um, you know, I believe he may have some military experience as well. And he is uh, taking on the 3-0 independent from Knoxville, my former Duncan guy, but he's not my Duncan guy anymore because he quit. Uh, Tommy, the Whisperer Waller, who has gotten three wins in the first round, all of them, and all of them, oddly enough, by submission. Uh, so this is an interesting one here because while Austin Woods is the debut, I still think he is a bit of a step up for Tommy Waller um, as far as a strength of uh, competition goes, as this will be, you know, kind of the first guy he's fought that is like preparing uh, with a gym to fight him. On the other end, Waller has three fights experience. The Woods having the one kickboxing match, so he's you know he's been out there under the lights. We'll see uh, how the road trip uh, affects Woods. So uh, this is kind of one of those, those mystery fights. All right, Hobbs. Uh, I mean, I can't, can't go against the whisper, man. He's on a roll. Greg? I... I'm kind of mad at Waller because uh, he told me to keep picking against him. And uh, when I did pick pick him, he won, you know, and he, t- he promised me some free Duncan, and I never got my free Duncan. And now that he don't work there, he can't give it to me, so I've got to go with Austin Wood. <laughs> so, solid analysis. Chloe. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with Waller. Chad. You know, I, I, I want to go with Austin uh, just just with, like you said, his military experience. I think he's going to be a step up in the competition. But, you know, Tommy, Tommy keeps pulling things out. I'm I, I'm going to stick with Tommy on this. 
All right, everybody takes Tommy Waller except for Greg Hopkins. All right. The amateur main event will be a number one contender bout for our 170-pound championship. And the welterweight division, currently held by Carter Beekman, who uh, is going to be uh, putting off his title defense, uh, just talked to him a little bit earlier today, to January. He's got some things going on, so it'll be January when Carter makes this defense against the winner of these two undefeated prospects. Both guys are 2-0. We've got Shlomo Boyd. I guess we'll call him the patriarch of Boyd Brothers MMA. I don't know. He's the only one that's that's fought, so I'm going to call him the leader, and that's kind of like my point of contact. He is 2-0. Uh, he he won the uh, fight that we talked about uh, where he won the decision uh, against Gary Claxton. Or it wasn't a decision. It was a first-round uh, TKO over Gary Claxton, and then he went up to uh, another show uh, up, up northeast of us and got another win over the hometown promoters uh, guy. So he's 2-0, and he is going to be taking on Samaj Portis out of Team Notorious in Columbus, Ohio. The last time we saw Samaj Portis, man, he made super, super quick work of Julian Lopez with just a crushing knockout in like 13 seconds. So he really made a splash. So we got two undefeated guys at 2-0 uh, looking to be that number one contender to Carter Beekman. All right, Greg. Greg. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm so excited about this. And right here, Slow Mo Boyd and Samaj Portis. But here's the thing. I went against the Boyd brothers all night. And uh, uh, I got to go with Samaj, man. He was impressive. But both guys were impressive. But I got to go with Samaj here. Chloe, Samaj wears these really creepy contacts, too. He's kind of he's crazy looking. <laughs> yeah, I've seen those last time. Look like a snake. <laughs> Look like um, a snake. I- I got to go with slow-mo because I've gone with the Boyd brothers all night. So I'm picking slow-mo. All right, Chad. I'm going to go with slow-mo as well. Hobbs. Slow motion for you. Yeah, baby. Slow-mo boy. <laughs> all right, Greg stands alone again. Moving on to the uh, professional card, we got four pro fights, including one of our panelists here in action, Chad Finnerty. And that'll be the first pro fight of the night. It will be at a catch weight of one uh, 200 pounds, originally set for 185 pounds. Uh, Frank, uh, Frankie Jones, uh, he is 0-1 coming in uh, to this fight out of Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, I believe he's uh, an officer out that way. And uh, he made his debut back in the spring. He got he got knocked out pretty quick by old Lance Abbott, which, uh, you know, Lance is kind of a beast. So those things tend to happen. Uh, oddly enough, he will have Lance Abbott in his corner for this fight. He, he, he didn't have a corner up this way, so Lance Abbott's jumping in to help him out. So it's odd how uh, fights make friends out of people, I suppose. Not able to make the agreed-upon 185 pounds. Uh, now this has been moved up to a catch weight of 200 pounds per the request of Mr. Jones. He'll be taking on the pro debutante in Chad the Freak Finnerty, who's on the line with us now, and he is uh, representing Wolves Den Martial Arts in Madisonville, Tennessee, by way of Indiana. And uh, yeah, that Chad obviously with a uh, tremendous wrestling background, uh, coming into this with more experience still than Jones. I think Jones had three amateur fights, and Chad had like five or six. So, uh, you know, a little bit more experience uh, for Chad coming into this one, who I know will be hungry to get that one on the left side of his professional record. All right, Chloe, we'll get started with you. I guess I'll go with Chad. <laughs> well, thanks, Chloe. You're welcome. Some, somebody had to. I know, right? Hell, uh, no, you won't. <laughs> go ahead, Chad. 
Well, since I'm a wrestler, you know that uh, um, Hobbs is going to pick against me. Um, I've been working hard on this. Adam Sylvie's got me, uh, I believe, on a different level than I ever have been. Um, I don't take opportunities lightly, and this opportunity is a pro debut. Um, I believe you're going to see a different version of me, Um, so obviously I'm going to take myself. All right, Hobbs. I really don't like either of these guys. Um, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, but I really like Adam Sylvie, so I'm kind of going. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I'm going. Uh, I think Chad's got this one. I'm going, Chad. All right, Greg. Did you say this guy was a cop? Yeah, I believe so. Fucking yeah, pig, fuck the police. Let's go, Chad. Go, Chad Finney. Chad has the full support of the panel. All right. Our is pro feature of- bout. This one should be interesting. Pro feature bout is a straw weight professional, a female contest set for 115 pounds. These are three five minute rounds, by the way, on the pros. We have got Larkin Dash, who we just spoke with a little bit earlier, uh, looking for her for her first pro win, uh, 0-2 out of New Way Martial Arts in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Bellator vet, you know, Larkin's been in there. Even though she's 0-2, she's been in there with, with tough competition. She was Valerie Lareda, uh, her pro debut opponent in Bellator, who is a very, uh, you know, uh, hot prospect. Oh, that's like a, a synonym or a pun. I don't know what that would be. And a double entendre uh, for Valerie Lareda. <laughs> Uh, she is a hot prospect. She and is she, definitely uh, a hot I actually went all the rounds with her. She went, uh, she lost a decision, but, uh, you know, Loretta is very hyped. And so she went all the rounds there. Before that, she lost another decision to Sarah Hayes' teammate, Christina Adcock, Ricker, or Ricker Adcock, should I say, uh, out of KMAA. So, uh, you know, she's fought two very tough opponents in her two pro losses, and she did go all the rounds with both of them. She's going to want to strike, you know, she's going to want to get in there and brawl. Uh, it's going to, to be an interesting size uh, size battle here, I think, because typically Dash has been fighting at 125. This uh, will be a drop for her to 115 for the first time. Her opponent, Sarah Big Rig Hayes, we just saw make her pro debut in Chattanooga a couple weeks back with a unanimous decision win over Crystal Van Wick. Uh, you know, Sarah has been around training for, for a long time. Uh, has got a really good uh, base, uh, very, very good grind, if you will. You know, she is your, to me, this is your grappler versus striker fight. I think Sarah is going to want to, you know, going to want to kind of grind away and, and control the fight. Whereas I think uh, Larkin's going to want to bang. Um, you know, Sarah though, on the other hand, has been as low as 105, and so she's coming up in weight. Whereas Larkin's coming down in weight. And then you've got the style clash of the wrestler versus striker. This is a really interesting one, I think. All right, Chad, we'll start with you. Um, I, I think Sarah's gonna, is gonna get in there and she's going to grind it out just like she did in her last fight. Uh, she's going to negate Larkin's striking ability and, and she's going to grind out another win. Uh, Hobbs. Uh, while I agree that Larkin is a hot prospect, um, I agree with Chad as well that, you know, we saw this last time. Where was the last opponent from? Was she Dutch, Norwegian, something? You know, uh, South African, but yeah, Dutch, South Africa. Yeah, yeah, she had that Dutch striking for sure. Yeah, she was another hot prospect, wasn't she? She was also a prospect of the hot kind. <laughs> uh, 
But I think the outcome is going to be the same. I think Sarah's just going to, you know, just make it a nasty, grindy uh, bout, uh, keep her on the ground. So I'm going with Big Rig. Is this a new nickname? Did I have I missed this before? Is Big Rig I new? I feel like she's had that nickname for a minute. Okay, I want to have to. It was kind Valor. of unofficial, and now it's official. Well, it's just one of my pet peeves with Valor that I'm going to have to uh, talk to them about is when I get my bout sheets, uh, they usually are missing nicknames, and I need to. Uh, I'm going to talk to somebody. Whoever's in charge of that needs their stuff. I got to talk to somebody. They must not have enough to do. I guess I'm going to have to find a guy in charge of that. Uh, Sarah Hayes for me. All right, Greg. <clears throat> I go with Sarah Hayes too. All right, Chloe. I'm really excited about this fight. I mean, because one females. Um, but I've watched both of them fight. Um, I watched Larkin fight when she fought Chris, um, I believe about a year and a half ago in Detroit, um, and then her Bellator fight. Um, and Sarah, she did so great in Chattanooga with her pro debut. And I think this is really going to be a grinder, and I'm thrilled about it. But my pick has definitely got to be Sarah. All right, clean sleep for Sarah. All right. Co-main event, we shift gears one more time to pro Muay Thai. We don't do this a whole lot, but we're doing it this time. And because this is one of those fights where it's like, man, you know, this is going to be good. We know it's going to be good, even though neither of these guys uh, have got just a world of pro experience. They're both just, you know, lethal strikers in their own way. So this will be three three-minute rounds since it's professional time. And it's going to be the pro debut of Zach Fox, a guy that we've seen for several years around here. Very, uh, you know, uh, very traditional Thai uh, style. He, he lives and breathes and eats the shit, man. Uh, he, I, I've got to say, uh, well, he's certainly one of the most improved fighters that I have seen uh, on the, in this area over the last several years from a guy that really, you know, the first time I saw him fight, he got, he got embarrassed in there against a guy he probably shouldn't have been fighting. And a lot of guys would have probably just hung it up at that point. And this guy really put his nose to the grindstone and has now, to me, become, you know, probably the, 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 one of the very top amateur tie fighters in, uh, in on dare I say, on the East Coast. So, uh, you know, Zach Fox is a very talented. He, he made the trip over to Thailand and, and trained over there for a couple months. Uh, this will be his first action since he's been back from Thailand. Very respectful, very skilled, very talented. He'll be taking on the Valor lightweight MMA champion, Demir Farapagovic, the Bosnian barn cat, who is 1-0 in, in pro Muay Thai. He got a, a win over uh, Nick Martino in pro Thai about a year, year and a half ago. And so he's only had the one fight. I would say uh, Zach has got many more Thai fights than Demir, but Demir, uh, a pro MMA champion, uh, an absolute killer out of Shield Systems in Knoxville, Tennessee. So to me, this is kind of like both these guys are talented and technical, but this is very much like a a technical Zach Fox, a, a very technical Zach Fox versus just an absolute, you know, savage, essentially, in Demir Fratagovich, who is technical and can and is skilled, but uh, sometimes will uh, negate that stuff to just really, you know, throw hard down the pipe. Uh, very excited for this fight. I don't see any way possible that this is boring. Demir also had some amateur top fights too, didn't he? Yes, Demir had a handful. I would say uh, yeah, maybe four or five or so. <clears throat> uh, this time we'll start with Hobbs. Uh, agree with everything you said. I mean, Zach Fox, a uh, great guy, very technical. Um, but Demir just hits like a fucking Mack truck. Um, and then when you add that on to precision, precision. 
and I I just can't see myself not taking Demir. I you know, I think Zach's going to make it a great fight. He's going to stay in there. He's going to have his moments. Um, but I think Zach's best – I don't know. I think Zach's best bet is to keep some distance, use his kicks, because uh, if if Demir closes the distance, man, and, and gets off, I think uh, – I don't know. I think he could hurt somebody. So I'm going. I think to... footwork is everything in this fight. Yeah. It either it's either gonna it's either going to save the day or it will be the the downfall. Yeah. All right, that's my pick, Demir. All right, Greg. Uh, I mean, this is Zach Fox's world, really. Uh, at 165, did Zach is Zach Fox fought as high as 165 before? 65. It's 165. Just, he, te- he typically will fight between 50 to like 59 and 65. I don't think he would make 55 very easy. Demir does make 55. Zach is a deceptively big guy when you get around him. Yeah, he's, and yeah, he he spent a little bit more extra time over there in Thailand because of COVID, right? He didn't have to come home. So he's got to, we haven't got to see him since then. So I'm going to go to Zach Fox here. All right, Chloe. Um, I'm also going to go with Zach Fox as well. I've seen him and then a few other of his teammates fight a few times, and it's always exciting. So he's definitely my pick for the night. Chad? I'm going to go with Demir. He's just, like Hobbs said, man, he hits like a freight train. And uh, I think he catches Zach. All right. Hobbs and Chad for Demir. Greg and Chloe go with Fox. All right, main event time. Now, uh, I'm excited for this one. Uh, originally slated to uh, have a main event of Charlie C4 Alexander and Junie Browning. Junie Browning pulls out last week, makes all of our lives uh, tough. And, surprise, uh, surprise. Yeah, right. Yeah, I can't say I'm super surprised, unfortunately. I am happy with this main event, though, still. We've got a really good one. It's a fight that was oh, maybe being overshadowed a little bit on uh, as the co-main event, but now it's taking the stage. Really, two of the very best bandweight prospects in all the South. Uh, you've got Dre Miley representing KMAA, seven and three, uh, you know, defending the hometown uh, cage here, if you will, against the six and three Hollywood John Sweeney out of upstate karate, Simpsonville, South Carolina, trains with Wonder Boy, Coach Ray Thompson and the like. Both these guys very athletic. Both these guys extremely good strikers, very good grapplers. I mean, this is a this is a close fight, and it really is a fight that the winner uh, gets a good quality feather in their cap, in their resume, to try to go to the next level. All right, Greg. <coughs> uh, did you did you mention, you said that this was a, this main event is a contender shot, right? Like yeah, 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 and also, that's, that's another thing that, you know, the winner, uh, you know, Jeremy uh, Mitchell will be watching this one very closely, I'm sure. Yeah, so i tell you what, uh, hell of a spot right here. I think, I agree, honestly, think it, go, think it goes to decision. I don't think we see a finish here. I think we see a back-and-forth battle, but I can see a split decision, a split decision win right here for Dre Miley, cause I want, and I would like to see that because I want to see that match with him and Jeremy next year sometime i want to see it all right chloe well dre is my guy i've trained him for uh his strength and conditioning for about three and a half almost four years now um and he has grinded and grinded and grinded and he grinds every day and i'm so 
excited to see this. So I really hope Dre gets that finish. Um, he's really good at getting those finishes. Um, he's got a couple of guillotines. Um, he's got a few decisions, but I'm, I got to go with Dre. I'm, I'm thrilled. I think it's going to be absolute banger fight of the night in my eyes. Chad? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Dre as well. Um, he just, he has heart like I've never seen. And, and I know the, the loss to Cody is, is kind of weighed on him and, and he's been waiting for another opportunity, uh, to get, to get on this stage like this. And, and I don't think Dre's going to take this lightly. I think, uh, he knows what's at stake. He wants a shot at the next level and he knows that John Sweeney's standing in his way. So I'm, I'm going to take Dre with getting the win. Hobbs. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, I mean, I want to go with Dre, but I'm sitting here just thinking, I mean, why not? Why not be the odd guy out? Uh, I mean, I don't know a lot about John Sweeney. He's sitting there with a the damn six and three record. Um, uh, I, you know what? I'm making this pick strictly out of um, – Strategic purposes. I'm going with John Sweeney. I hope to hell Hollywood John Sweeney comes out to Voodoo Child. Uh, some Hollywood Hulk Hogan shit. Absolutely. All right. Hobbs takes Sweeney. Everybody else goes with Dre. All right, guys. Well, that is Valor 74. Uh, before we uh, call it quits for the evening, I'll let everybody give their pick for fight of the night. What is your pick for fight of the night? Uh, actually, no. Let's just say for the fight that you're most hyped for, because that doesn't always necessarily translate to fight of the night. But what are you looking forward most to? And uh, we'll uh, we'll let Chloe uh, just jumpstart us off. Well, like I just said, I I have to go with Gray. Um, I've watched him go through I mean Chris Ocon to Cody Durden I mean and I'm just so thrilled to watch him and because like Chad said he's going to grind because he knows that that opportunity is like right within his grasp so I'm super excited for that main event fight all right and uh we'll go next to Chad you gonna say your own I, I'm going to have to stay with Chloe on this one. Uh, Dre, I am so excited for this and so excited for his opportunity. We text back and forth. Uh, as soon as both of us got announced for this card, the hype that this man has for this, even even in a loss, this man is going to die on his sword, and it is going to be a banger. So I'm saying Sweeney and Dre as well. All right, and uh, let's see. We'll go on to Greg. Uh, I'm gonna have to. Be, it's gonna be a tie for me between, uh, you know, of course, the main event with Dre and Sweeney, uh, and then Fox and uh, Dahmer, and then Slumma Boyd and Samaj Portis and Antonio Holt and Torres Finney. This whole fucking card, Bradley Brayfield and, De- and Garrett, dude. Holy shit! Like this whole fucking card, you can't pick uh, a five of the night, dude, because there's too many on here. Um, if I ha- if Austin Woods and Tommy Tommy Waller, holy shit, uh, I've got to go. I think where all the all the fireworks are going to be are going to be with the Brightfield and Garrett fight. Nice, I like it. And uh, Hobbs, round us out here. 
Uh, you know, I think uh, I think the main event's too easy uh, to pick because that's why it's the main event. It's a fucking good fight. Uh, so I am going with Shlomo Boyd and Shamarj Portis. Wow, that's gonna be a good one. All right, folks, we will gather back next week to recap this uh, this soiree that is Valor seventy four. It all goes down this weekend from the world famous Cotton Eye Joe on Saturday, October the third. Tickets available at Fighter Ticks with an X Docs. Uh, I'm sorry, Fighter Ticks with an X dot and, uh, and you can uh, watch the pay-per-view live uh, and hear pretty much all of us on here that are talking right now, with the exception of Justin and uh, and, uh, and Chad, uh, break down all this stuff live as it happens. So, like, we can give each other a little bit of hell when people are wrong, like, live and in person. So make sure you tune in at uh, the bfcmma.com website for the pay-per-view if you can't be there live and in person. Uh, thanks so much to our panelists for joining us this evening. Also to Larkin Dash for the interview a little bit earlier and for my co-host justin watson i'm your host tim loy signing off till next week valor hour we're out this is an mma report with jason floyd and daniel galvan quick fix on radio influence and one of the things I think about Conor McGregor, when you look at his social media, to me, it is there is a method to his madness, just like there is a method to how Dana White does, does things publicly and, and how he you know promotes his brand, the UFC brand and, and whatnot. And of course, uh, you know, Dana says that Connor broke the man code by releasing direct messages. I, you know, I, I just, I mean, look, it's, you know, should Connor have done that? No, that's not the ethical thing to do, but obviously Connor's at a point where to me, like, how should we view what Connor tweeted? My view at Daniel is simply is that Connor McGregor is saying, is telling everyone, I want to fight. And I think he's sending a message to Disney going, fellas, I want to fight. I want to make you guys money. I want to make some money, but your partner isn't stepping up to the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely did break whatever code there is. That's got to be a horrifying thing if you're Dana White and you see that your direct messages are online. Because that's just a, that's like a private conversation turned digital. I mean, sure. There's some guy in some office in the, in the NSA that's just reading every single thing you type in. And then there's also a, a person working for Facebook that's listening into your phone and just based on whatever you say in your conversation, they'll show you an ad about it five seconds later. So there are those people that are aware of your private conversations, but to see your DMs out there when you're talking some trash about Diego Sanchez, which, well, I mean, that's, that's what we do on the podcast uh, publicly, but, um, when, when you're saying, you know, Diego won't get licensed to fight Connor and you're not wrong, <laughs> that's got to be embarrassing because Dan has got all these relationships with all these fighters. And, um, you know, w- one part of being in a relationship with someone is privately talking crap about other people. OK, that's just human life. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts and RadioInfluence.com.